And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. This is truly the way to worship him. All right, well, good morning, Riverside. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year, all the things. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, for those of you that I don't know, uh, my name is Matt McBride. I served as the student minister here for about six years before moving over to City Square, uh, which is an organization that fights poverty. And that transition happened because right about the time I felt like my time in student ministry was coming to a close, I needed to know if I enjoyed helping people, if it was important to me, because it's a part of who I was or because it had been my job for 12 years. And so as I'm asking some of these questions, I start volunteering at City Square, working in the food pantry on Fridays, which were my off day for a couple hours. Didn't really tell anybody because that's not what it was about. It was just, I got to be Matt. And I got to hang out with people, and I didn't have to preach, and I didn't have to do a Bible study, and I didn't have to behave. I just got to be Matt, and I got to hang out with people. And after about a year of doing that, they asked if I would come and run the food pantry operation. So I did that for about two and a half years, and then in March, I moved over to oversee uh, our donor relations program at City Square, which I love doing too, because I get to tell the story about what we do, which is one of my favorite things. And so when I get to tell the story, when I get to go and meet with people and people come up, you know, when we come and see some of you, you come up and we get this question a lot. How are things at City Square? What's it like at City Square? Well, it's impossible to shrink that down into a conversation without, you know, making reservations. So, I mean, it's just, it's impossible to have that conversation. It's like if you've ever studied abroad somewhere and you come home and then someone says, hey, how was your trip? It's like, what do you, what do you even say to that? Right? And so now that I have this opportunity, I wanted to tell you about some of the things that I've learned in my time at working at City Square. Specifically, I thought I would share with you some sayings or phrases that I love and can repeat here that uh, I thought you would also like to know about uh, City Square. These are some phrases uh, and sayings that I've learned um, in my time there. Now, the first one I heard from my buddy Alonzo that you're going to hear from here in a little bit. Instead of saying, sounds good to me, a lot of my friends will say, already. Okay, so for example, and Alonzo says this all the time. He's the first one I heard it from, but then I started to hear it over and over again. I was like, oh, this is a thing. Okay, so for example, I would say, hey, I'm headed to a meeting. I'll be back in about an hour. Already. I'm like, all right, that's cool. All right. Um, another one, instead of saying it's been a long time or it's been a while, a lot of my friends will say it's been a minute. Now, a minute is not a literal 60-second minute. It's an extended, indefinite, uncertain period of time. Okay, so for example, are the Cowboys going to win on Sunday? I don't know. It's been a minute since I felt good about them. Okay. Uh, all right, now this is my favorite term of endearment between two people, okay? This is my favorite. Young men and sometimes young women will often refer to an older woman as mama, okay? And then an older woman will often refer to younger men or women as 
baby. Now, this isn't meant anything other than family. It's not flirtatious. It's not demeaning. It's not anything other than community and family, right? So, for example, here, let me help you with that, mama. Thank you, baby. Now, I've been called a lot of things uh, in my time at City Square, but baby maybe my favorite. <laughs> and I remember the first time I, I like got into that interaction and got into that exchange, I wasn't sure, like, am I there yet? Like, I don't know. Can I, have I been here long enough? Is this going to work? Because I wanted to try it. I wanted to see how it felt. I wanted to see what it looked like. And, and if I was in, I didn't know. So I was like, should I say it? And then all of a sudden, I'm at the food pantry, and this woman's going through with her shopping cart, and the, bath, the, the big box of stuff falls off. And I just reach out real quick, and I was like, I got you, mama. And without missing a beat, she's sitting there, and she goes, thank you, baby. And I was like, yes. <laughs> the last one, it's not new or it's not unfamiliar, but it took on a completely different meaning for me. Now, in nearly every single social circle that I've been in or neighborhood that I've grown up in, when somebody asks you, how was your day, you say, fine, right? How was school? Fine, right? Fine. When I was at the food pantry and I would run into someone that I hadn't seen in a while or I would meet someone that's new, I would habitually ask that question, hey, how are you doing? And I started to hear something that I started to hear it over and over and over from multiple people. I started to hear this over and over and over again and eventually this started to be a thing, and this started to mean something different. And the phrase is simple. It's not new to you, but it should be different. I would ask someone, hey, how are you doing? And over and over, people that would come to the food pantry, come to City Square for help, would say, I am blessed. Now, in our morning meetings with the food pantry, I would meet with our team, the people that would come and volunteer from faith communities, from churches, from doctor's offices, some of our volunteers from Austin Street Shelter, which is just this great emergency shelter right around the corner from us. And so we would come and we would have morning meetings. We would get together and we would talk about, hey, here are things that are going on. I would remind some of our volunteers that hadn't been, you know, with us in the neighborhood for very long. Here's some things to keep an eye out for. And one of the lines that I would always say to my team that I came up with is, no one comes to a food pantry when life is easy. And over and over and over again, when I would ask somebody, hey, how are you doing? I would still hear, I am blessed. And that phrase started to take root like a song that just gets stuck in your head, right? And you can't get it out. The phrase started to take on a life of its own in my heart and in my mind, and especially as I grew more in my understanding about poverty, because I had a lot to learn. And as I got to know people that lived in it and suffered in it, really got to know them, it became the title of this struggle I was wrestling with in my time between Riverside and City Square. How do I navigate these two very different worlds of South Dallas and Coppell? How do I have one foot here and one foot there? Where do I fit in as a white upper middle class man fighting poverty, I wasn't sure, honestly, cards on the table, I wasn't sure I fit anywhere. 
I didn't fit in the neighborhood when I first got there. And I didn't feel like I fit in Capel when I would drive back. Cards on the table. That's it. It was this wrestle. And it wasn't because all of a sudden I woke up and I was like, you know what would be fun? Let's have some spiritual breakdown and let's, let's pick a fight, some kind of internal existential fight. It wasn't that I woke up one day and said, you know what, let's mix things up. It was all of a sudden that word, that phrase started to catch in my spirit and I couldn't shake it because it was glasses I couldn't take off and it's the way that I was now forced to see the world. I am blessed. What does that mean? How am I supposed to be okay on a cold night in Capel, where uh, our golden doodle, Sam, big dog, sleeps in bed with us? He does. Don't judge me. Don't you judge me. He sleeps in bed with us. How am I supposed to be okay on a cold night when Samson's in bed with us? And then the same night, true story, I get a text from one of our very good friends letting me know the city of Dallas has opened the convention center and he's going to be able to have shelter for the night. How do I navigate that? After spending all day running the food pantry, how do I not lose my ever-loving mind when it's dinner time? And I've been working at a food pantry, me and my boys won't eat. I ended up seeking some counsel uh, from our CEO, Larry James, at City Square and asked him for guidance um, and help on how to have two feet in two very different neighborhoods. And he gave me some of the best advice I've ever heard. He said, be fully present wherever you are. Be fully present wherever you are. So when you're here at City Square, be the best poverty fighter that you can be and friend to our neighbors that you can be possible. And then when you're home, be the best husband, be the best father, and be the best neighbor to those people in your neighborhood that you can be. And then because Larry's an avid fly fisherman and I had just picking up the sport, he was like, go stand in a river somewhere and take care of yourself where you can't get on your phone and you can't get on email. You need you time. Get out of the neighborhood, get out of the city, Go stand in a river and fish for trout. Yes, sir. Romans 12.1 tells us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, as a spiritual act of worship. As a spiritual act of worship. And it turns out that wherever your body is, that's where you are present, right? That's where you sacrifice. That's where you worship. The book of John starts off with a beautiful lyric about being present. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. So, God became flesh and made His dwelling among us in the form of Jesus, right? This is hopefully not new. If it is, you know, here's some good news. You know, God came in the form of Jesus, and that's what we do around this time of the holidays, is we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that God's plan was to come into the form of a human being in his son Jesus and give us a better way to live, right? Um, That is his greatest plan for his people. So we spend months as a society getting ready for what just happened, right? All the stores go up. All the Christmas stuff goes up. 
Christmas music starts playing. All the things happen. We start making plans on where we're going to go, where we're going to be, who's getting what, who's drawing what name in our family for whatever gift. We start making plans for that. And we're not alone in that. Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, was told to make plans for this moment too. In the book of Luke, after hearing news from a messenger of God about the soon arrival of Jesus and her place in God's plan for humanity, she wrote a song that we just sang. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices with God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Is that word again? I am blessed. From Mary, a young, poor, pregnant, immigrant, refugee. God's plan started in the margins. It all started in the margins. The best plan, our hope, the best way to live, God's choice, where this was going to happen, started in the margins. And one of the questions that I get a lot that I don't like at City Square is where's the ministry? Because that's assuming that they need Jesus. Now remember, it all started in the margins anyway. That's where Jesus started was in the margins, right? And to assume that where's the ministry, maybe we need to redefine what our definition of ministry is. He didn't choose the affluent or the influential neighborhoods of society. He chose the overlooked, the unseen, and the looked down upon corners to start his work. Jesus was born in the margins and he never really left. How are you today? I am blessed. And I think there's bad theology uh, that has been commandeered by a large part of our society that assumes that rich equals saved and poor equals lost. And a lot of the church language in areas that I grew up in and around was that we needed to take Jesus to the streets. And we needed to take Jesus to the lost. Which most often meant the marginalized, right? But in my recent experience, I think they should be preaching Jesus to us. Because I want to know what blessed means to someone that doesn't know where they're going to sleep that night. I want to know what blessed means to someone that doesn't know where they're going to get their next meal from. I want to know what blessed means to someone that isn't sure if life is ever going to get any better for them. Those are the people I want preaching to me, if I'm being honest. I am blessed. I wish we could see how asking better questions and listening to other people's stories and honoring their humanity are often more effective kingdom building than just quoting scripture to a bunch of strangers. And they're both useful, but let's not abandon the idea that Jesus is still in the hood. Jesus is still in the margins, just like Jesus is still here in Capel. He never left either. 
And all of this changed everything for me. Not because I went looking for a fight, but because I couldn't shake the way I was now forced to look at the world. It changed the way I read the news. It changed the books that I read. It changed the way I read scripture. It changed the thing I post on social media and the way that I walk down the street. I've learned more than I was ever prepared for, and I'm still learning a lot, uh, from teachers I didn't expect. And some of them are very dear friends of mine that I got to work for and I got to work with and that I got to serve um, in our time at the food pantry. And some are very dear friends of mine and heroes of mine, uh, like Alonzo Grape, who I've asked to come and give a voice to areas of this conversation that I know I'm inadequately equipped to speak on. Alonzo works at City Square on a homeless outreach team and is as front line as possible in the fight against poverty. Uh, I've attended the last two point-in-time homeless counts, which is where we go overnight and count the amount of people that are homeless um, in this, throughout the city of Dallas. Done it the last two years. Last year, Kylo, Rhonda, Robin, uh, Rachel uh, went with us, and we, we went with Zoe. And I'll tell you what, walking into a homeless encampment at 635 and 75 at about 11.15 at night, it's a little dicey. Unless you're with Alonzo. Uh, Alonzo is my ride or die, uh, and he's genuinely one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, I'm honored that he's agreed to come and speak with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Good stuff, man. Yeah. That's good stuff. I the microphone. Whispered to Matt, and I forgot that the mic was on. <laughs> you know? So I took my jacket off. You know, uh, I, I sweat. And then when I sweat, then I think everybody's looking at me sweat. Then I get my nervous sweats, right? Then my uncomfortable sweats. And then I'm drenched. So I said, let me just take the jacket off um, and come to Riverside Church of Christ. First, I want to thank you guys for inviting me out here to uh, share my experience, strength, and hope. And hopefully I get something back from you. Because that's what it's all about, relationships. It's all about relationships. You know, uh, I'm not a theologian, I don't have a PhD, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a consultant, you know, uh, I'm not one of those people. Now, I always admire them. Now, anybody that wants to go to school, right, or theology school, or get their PhD and being a psychiatrist, and they want to help somebody, I take my hat off for them. That's just not what I am. I'm a person just like you. Head in the same direction, and that's to get a relationship with God. Um, I say that because this thing's a little smarter than me. Let me see if I can get this. Oh, oh, I got it. Okay, I want to talk about defining success. What does that really look like? Right, Western civilization, big car, right, nice house, you know, um, able to take care of your kids. Nothing's wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, um, sometimes when you have the spirit of giving, you want to give, okay? Like uh, where I work at, we have a lot of people, different organizations, different fraternities, different churches. They will come and they'll bring like um, hygiene packs, food. They'll bring uh, scripture. Right? And that's great. 
But sometimes I want to challenge to find out, do you feel that the population that you serve can serve you? Do they have a message to give? We're all God's creation. Everybody said God is in everybody. So do you really feel they have something to give you? You know, my dad died 2016 during the holidays. Rough. Still rough. Still rough. Um, and I was at work and I uh, got a couple of stories like this. And, and let me say this first. When I first started working there, I'm working in this field. I kind of come from the same background that Matt does. My mom was a professor and she was a supervisor at CPS. My dad was a pharmacist. I knew nothing about poverty, okay? Nothing about poverty. Um, I had my own demons I had to deal with, right? But nothing on that level that I ever had an experience. You know, so I'm coming in and I had like this revelation about God and, and, and a change in my life. And I was so excited about it. I want to run and give it to everybody. Hey, man, this is what you need to do. You need to do this and that. You did this. Read the scripture. Go here. Go there. You'll be saved like me. You know, and I didn't know how self-righteous I was sounding. I didn't know how condescending I was sounding, right? And I went in one time and this lady, her uh, name is Brenda. Ms. Brenda was an old prostitute. Uh, in a crackhead. Ms. Brenda set me down, and I'm telling Ms. Brenda where she needs to go and what she needs to do and what she needs to read for her to be saved. So Ms. Brenda looked at me. She's called me Sugar Bear. Sugar Bear, baby? She said, uh, where are you telling me to go? I know who's there and what to read. She said, you know, I can only receive, the only thing you can do is support me. And she said, guess what? I can support you too. And it made me have a revelation. It made me look at things different. It changed my perspective on life. I don't have all the answers. I just don't have to deal with this social circle here to get information. You know what I'm saying? Nobody discriminate when it comes to carrying the message. So when my dad died, I came down there and it was rough. And uh, one of the, we call them neighbors at our jobs, came to me. You know, and first he was like, hey man, I was gonna come ask for a bus pass and hustle up on some grits and, and some, some uh, uh, hygiene packs. He said, but what's wrong with you? So I kind of just let him know for whatever reason, that particular time or moment, God allowed me to get outside of me, right? And to give some of my personal information for the population I get to serve. And he gave me a message. He said, let me share this with you, Alonzo. He said, there's nothing wrong with grieving but just don't stop living. And that's something I needed to hear. I needed to digest the information because that was, I, I was caught up. I never had the experience before. I never lost anybody close before. He gave me his experience. He gave me a message. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, going through that door, right? You know how we, with that cliche, when one door closes, the other one opens. We all heard that, right? How about that hallway? Oh my God, <laughs> that hallway. Oh, a hallway could be real long, right? You know, and we might have these expectations that we'll soon be there, but no, we ain't there yet. You know, and, and a lot of times I, my neighbors teach me how to be content with nothing, how to hold on, how to persevere. Spiritual principles, things that we learn. You know, how to be humble how to walk through the fear, because being a courageous act is not 
really being erased from fear, it's the ability to deal with. You know, so those are some of the things that uh, I get to learn. And it also made me ponder on, can everybody give me a message? Is everybody blessed? In uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, uh, a messenger of God says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. As we've talked about, God's plan started in the margins, among the powerless, and it changed everything from there it changed everything so let's not minimize or reduce the people that our society is marginalized because the kingdom of god did not and i get that there's a lot of things that we don't know about and i get that there's a lot of things that we're unsure about and there's a lot of things that we're misinformed about i'm still learning a lot okay and I'm not here to give you all the answers. I'm hoping to bring something here to help you ask some good questions, right? Um, so let's not minimize or reduce the people in the margins because the kingdom of God did not. And they have so much to offer and they have so much to give us if we will just stop talking sometimes. If we'll just listen sometimes. If we'll just ask better questions sometimes. We are all blessed, that God chose to come to us, to be with us in the form of Jesus, to show us the best way to live, the best way to sacrifice, the best way to worship. And as we wrap up this holiday season celebrating the birth of Jesus, let's not forget that we are all blessed. Lonzo, will you close this out with a prayer? Let's stand together. We're going to pray together. If you will stand, let's pray.